Mixtape Trilogy, Liquor Store Dreams, Deconstructing Karen, How to Please a Woman. These are the titles of a few of the films being shown at this year's Benville Film Festival, which starts June 22nd. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Know the News podcast, a production of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette Newsroom. I'm Dave Perozic, your host this week. And in this episode, we're focusing, of course, on the film festival, which has uh, become a part of Benville's identity since it launched in 2015. Uh, To help inform us on the subject, I'm pleased to have a couple of people join me today by phone. So let me introduce them. Uh, We have April Wallace, features reporter for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, who has written a preview of this year's film festival. That will be the cover story of this Sunday's edition of our What's Up Entertainment tab. Hello, April. Hi, Dave. I'm also happy to have with us Ashley Edwards. She is the Benville Film Festival's Director of Programming. Ashley, welcome, and thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So um, I thought I'd start with you, April. Um, First of all, you know, for those who don't know, what is the Benville Film Festival and what makes it unique? Well, as you said, it began in 2015. Um, It was co-founded by Academy Award winner Gina Davis. Um, It is now a nonprofit organization, and it's unique because it champions underrepresented storytellers, um, a lot of women and people of color who are hoping to get into the film and TV business. And that's from being on screen to landing production jobs and just generally getting their stories out into the world. Um, Benville Film Fest helps support them any way that they need, usually um, whether that's securing crucial funding for projects, um, meeting people who can connect them to the right resource, or having a chance to learn the skills necessary to get their work made. So this is the festival's eighth year. Yeah, and it starts, um, it'll start Wednesday the 22nd? Um, That's right. There will be a community bike ride on Tuesday evening, but officially it kicks off on Wednesday. Okay. And um, this is the first time uh, it'll be going, I guess, can we say normally since 2019, is that correct? In a sense, yes. Um, 2020 was all virtual from what I understand. 2021 had a, an in-person presence, but it was smaller in number. Um, so this year it'll be back in its original glory with lots of community events and in-person screenings, panels, mixovers, uh, mixers, takeovers, you know, the things that we've come to really love about it. Yeah. Um, the festival started out as a May event, and uh, Ashley, correct me if I'm wrong, continued to be held in May for several years and uh, moved to, was held in August last year. And this is the first time uh, being held in June. Is that right? Yes. We actually were August in 2020 as well Okay. for the virtual fest and then, and then last year, but from um, the first year, the, uh, 2015 to, and 20, to 2019, it was in May. So uh, can you share the uh, reasoning for that? Why, why June as opposed to May? <laughs> that's, a, that's a multi-layered um, answer. <laughs> but um, a 
a lot of it, you know, firstly has to do with the global film festival circuit and how we align with other festivals. And we do that for filmmakers with their, you know, releases and how, um, how premieres work and how, you know, we want to be very much a, um, also a discovery festival. So we want to find those world premieres. And so we have to sort of align with our partners in the global festival circuit. That's our first main concern. Secondly is our community and local space where we're activating and how that works with the city plans and how that works with sort of the cadence of Northwest Arkansas region and their festival circuit and event circuit. And then, um, yeah, so that's our, that's our two main considerations. And then we have to consider how Arkansas weather works. Um, you know, it used to be in May and everybody sort of loved that, but it did rain a lot. So, mm. so that was problematic for the op- operationally. Um, but uh, so June for this year seemed really good and seemed to work. So mm. we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, can you um, talk about what's different this year in terms of structure, locations, events around yeah. the festival? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, back when, you know, 2015 to 2019, we were always sort of all in the square. Mm-hmm. Um, again, always using Skylight because it's our only cinema in Bentonville. So, um, but this year we're, we're leaning into the growth of the city as well. And, and the momentary opened up, um, you know, in 2020 and, and we just, uh, we, we finally get a chance to celebrate that and, and be a part of that growth and, and the space and, and how it intersects with our own work. You know, we have a lot of great films that would show great at the momentary. So we're, we're using the momentary for our outdoor festival village, which is what, you know, I think everyone around here knows and has seen change and grow over the years. And that's where all those free family activations will be sort of the hub of the festival. Um, Another thing that we are doing, let's see, we're using Thaden School, which of course is new as well. They have an amazing uh, performing arts center with a beautiful screen, sound system. Um, We have the capabilities to do great panels there, conversations, but also show films in a um, professional way. So that opened up opportunity. They're our official year-round partner, so we do monthly programming with them as well. So we're using that space a lot, uh, like I said, for our main stage panels, for our uh, Real Magic Mornings, um, celebrity conversations, and then our um, some of our larger screenings. So I'm thinking, is there anything else? Oh, and then we have a festival headquarters, which we've never had um, as a festival. But if you do travel and go to other film festivals, a lot of them do have sort of a industry hub and that will be at the meteor guitar gallery and that'll be for pass holders and filmmakers and industry people that just want to get a little bit closer to the action have some deeper conversations and then also have a place to hang out and network while they're on ground mm-hmm. and so all these venues are pretty much within a few several blocks right downtown Yes. Yeah. It's still, you know, we'll have transportation for the festival guests. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to get around. Um, we hope, you know, we have a lot of filmmakers that are 
going to rent bikes and stuff and take advantage of that. Like April said, we'll have a community bike ride on the 21st. That's new um, to show off our region and how, you know, such a, we have great art on the trails. So we're bringing our filmmakers in early and they'll be able to experience our community because it's a free bike ride and for everybody. And it's, it's super easy. We're doing it with bike POC and pedal it forward is uh, letting us use, letting the filmmakers use free bikes while they're on the ride. Mm-hmm. So biking will also hopefully sort of integrate itself as another way to get around uh, the festival. Does the festival have a prediction of how many people this uh, this year's event will draw? You know, I can I can only go off of um, yeah predictions, but we're hoping over ten thousand mm-hmm. for in person events. Um, you know, come and go, and that's including screenings, all that stuff, and uh, free stuff. So. And then online last year, we had 156,000 global viewers. So we're really hoping to grow that well uh, as well because that'll be going on during the in-person festival. And then actually the following week, if people don't get to see the films, they can get a ticket to a screening or get a virtual pass or get a pass or if they already have a pass and go online and watch it sort of, you know, at home on your couch if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure, Ashley, you're excited about the films we're going to see this year. Could you take us through the offerings a little bit and maybe hit some of the highlights for us Any that you find particularly interesting? Yes, I can. Um, I'm really excited, of course, um, about opening the festival with a feature film in competition called Seven Faces of Jane. I'm excited because that's a world premiere. So again, no one's seen it. Um, this film is also an experimental film. So it's something that uh, is going to be new for our festival. And it, it's going to follow the reception at the momentary. So it's going to be screened in the momentary. And it has seven directors. Um, some of the names that, you know, and it's all, a Gia Coppola, who is Francis Ford Coppola's gr- uh, granddaughter is one of those directors and uh, Gillian Jacobs, Boma Luma, Al- uh, Zan Cassavetes. These are all um, sort of, for me as a programmer, cinema royalty in a way. Um, these are the innovators of, of independent film and the fact that they are going to come to Bentonville is amazing to me and, and that the, the community can experience it. So I'm really excited about the world premiere it's called Seven, The Seven Faces of Jane. And um, I'm also excited about, you know, our competition lineup. We have another world premiere, Good Egg and Smile or Hug. Those are, again, films that no one's seen before. So I really encourage audiences to come do that. And, uh, and then talk to the filmmakers after. Also, we have uh, our spotlight films, How to Please a Woman, um, that's a, that is a hilarious rom-com that I think is such a crowd pleaser. Um, you laugh the whole time. It's a, you know, and it's made by a, an alumni actually. Um, and it was made in Australia. So it's an international film. Mixtape trilogy is great. That's our 
sort of centerpiece film that surrounds the mission of the festival. We do that where we choose a film that's not in competition, but that we really want to highlight. And that's a documentary about music. And we thought it was perfect for Northwest Arkansas because we do love music so much here. Um, and it's done from a fan perspective. So it's about, you know, sort of what music has meant to these, uh, these fans' lives. And they follow three important artists. Um, also, I'm excited about uh, Art and Crimes by Crime. That is a documentary about um, an incarcerated artist that will also be shown at the momentary. And that's sort of special to me because, and hopefully for the community, because it's about an artist that um, his artwork is actually uh, in Preacher's Son here in Bentonville and is owned by Ozart. And he'll be coming to town. So that is super special because I think the community can learn the story behind that piece if they ever go eat there. Oh. Or maybe they'll go eat there now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I love every single film. I don't know how to I'm, – I'm missing so many, but I think there's something for everyone. And that's really what I want to say. It's, it's cheaper than a movie, you know, or same price as a movie ticket at any other cinema if you just go to the movies. And um, it's some of the best, you know, best films that's been made in 2022. Very cool. And, and 2021. April, did you have anything to add to that from your reporting on and, um, anything that, you know, any of those titles that stand out to you that you find interesting? Um, well, Ashley hit on the ones that... Um, made me most excited to come and view films. Um, but I can tell you a little bit of why they made me excited to come and see them. Um, like she said, Seven Faces of Jane is experimental, contemporary, made by um, Francis Ford Coppola's granddaughter. Um, but I, as a viewer, strictly a viewer, I love Gillian Jacobs. And not only is she one of the directors, but you might remember her from Community as Britta. Mm -hmm. um, she was in the Netflix series Love as Mickey. And if you're a girls fan, she is Mimi Rose Howard there. Um, she's just incredible in all the things that I've seen her in. And I can't wait to see her in this role. So as Jane, she drops her daughter off at a sleepaway camp and gets into an exciting odyssey on the road. Um, with seven different directors, you can be sure that it's, uh, you know, just a an evolving experience and I can't wait to see what it's like. Um, How to Please a Woman um, is about a middle-aged woman who starts an all-male cleaning service that kind of takes off and and grows like beyond this woman's wildest dreams and um, like she said just completely funny and it stars uh, Sally Phillips, who, of course, has been in many things, and she created the sketch comedy show Smack the Pony. Um, but one of my favorite roles that I've seen her in, she was Minna um, on HBO's Veep. She was this Finnish diplomat who had a, a knack for putting the lead character in her place. Um, she was hilarious in that, so I can't wait to see what she's doing here. And Art and Crimes... Um, as Ashley said, is a, a documentary about Jesse Crimes in federal prison, creating this multi-panel of work of art. And it's smuggled out piece by piece, so he doesn't see the work 
in in full until he comes home. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really special connection for for us locally because we can have a chance to go see the artwork, learn more about it, and then if we want to, we can go hear him in conversation for more. Um, a couple other things that might be exciting locally are an extended preview of Where the Crawdads Sing, the popular book that will be a movie soon and I believe released officially in July. And on Sunday, the Bentonville Film Festival, of the Bentonville Film Festival, they will have the producers of the movie, the author, the president of Hella Sunshine, who's responsible for, you know, getting the film made. Um, we'll all be at Skylight Cinema for event for the event to do this um, extended preview of the movie, which I think will be really fun. And if you've been a Hunger Games fan, they're also having a screening of Hunger Games for the 10th anniversary. And just as, you know, a fellow mom, I really appreciate the Gina Davis movie series, which will be an outdoor free screening sort of event that will have lots of animated films and giveaways and you can get popcorn for the kids and just kind of enjoy it as a family. Ashley, um, I'm, I'm curious, so wonder if you could sort of give us a behind the scenes look at how films are chosen each year and what goes into that? That's my favorite question <laughs> because it is a year long process. Um, but sure, we open submissions around October. Every, um, you know, we again, we give them enough time to submit, you know, get to know what's going on. And uh, one thing that's special about our festival, we're the first film festival to require and program wide something called an inclusion qualifier because it's based off of Gina Davis's research with the Gina Davis Institute of Gender and Media that was founded several years before the festival and which was sort of the heart of why we even have the film festival. And that inclusion qualifier was developed by our board, by industry professionals, by leaders in this space to make sure that those underrepresented voices that April was telling you about are brought to the first, the, the top of the program. So you go to Sundance, you go to Tribeca, all of those, you know, film festivals are doing amazing with making sure their lineups are equitable. That, but our festival is that program wide. And we do that through, we collect a lot of information about the creators behind the camera and who's on screen. And so we look at is, are these stories and are these creators somehow underrepresented in the industry? And that would be people of color, people from the LGBTQ community, uh, women, uh, gen- creators who are gender nonconforming, creators who have a disability, indigenous creators, and also we've sort of began working um, with the Screen Actors Guild on looking at ageism in the industry and how many creators are over 40 or over 50 and how many of those actors are on screen. So all of this goes into our program. We don't just select films because we like them or we like the people in them. As much as I love the Coppola family, if it didn't meet the mission, it wouldn't have been premiered at our festival. And that goes the same with everything. Also regional, we have some regional films that have some great stories. 
those are also mission aligned. And us as a festival in this region wants to make sure that more creators that are underrepresented are making movies because we're seeing that. We're seeing more regional submissions by people of color, by women that are creators. So we, that sort of tells us that it's working. And what you get is our program. So it's all very mission-based, like April said. And then we also, you know, we are, uh, um, we live in Bentonville. I feel like we're really the heart of America, middle America. So every day we talk to our studio partners, our filmmakers, our storytellers about why it is important that audiences in the middle of the country are seeing this content. And so those are the things that goes into it. And like the family movies, we work very strategically with partners like Disney, uh, Lionsgate, NBC Universal, Paramount, to show content that is also mission aligned, that is in the family space and is mainstream, because those are the places we want this underrepresentation to sort of be. And so the fact that Mar Marvel is choosing women directors just shows us that our mission and how our work in the space is working. So that's a very long answer, <laughs> but it is, it is a year long process to get to June this year. And so, um, you know, for a, for a director of programming for my job, it's that now audiences come and appreciate the work. Yeah. Yeah. April, uh, in addition to your preview on the film festival, you also have a, personality profile coming this Sunday on Wendy Guerrero, president of the film festival. Could you tell mm -hmm. us just a little bit about Wendy and uh, what you learned about her through your reporting? Sure. Um, Wendy was president of programming for the festival for the first six years. And this is her second year being president of the festival. She is amazing because she knows the struggle of filmmakers, um, diverse filmmakers particularly, um, from firsthand experience. And um, on top of it, she's the first female diverse film festival president in the country. Others have kind of followed suit since then, but she was the first. Um, she has a really interesting background um, growing up in California, not really doing any acting until um, she started thinking about um, life after high school and she discovered a regional theater and so that's how she got hooked initially was through theater she went to New York she had a lot of roles she met a lot of people and theater was her her thing it's what she wanted to do but while she was there she um, kept wondering, like, why are we not producing any plays by women? And that became her mission at the time, was to, to find works by women and to get them on the stage. 9-11 um, happened, and it took her away from New York, back to California, where she actually started a theater company in Los Angeles. But it didn't take long to realize that that wasn't the, the main road for her, because Los Angeles is TV and film prim primarily. Um, so she had, um, you know, some some periods of thinking about where she wanted to take her life. And she had been involved in commercial work, 
and location work and got to a place where she felt like that was what was going to continue if she didn't make a huge decision. So she decided to stop doing that kind of work and move forward with her mission of producing works by women and people of color. She teamed up with Bruce Dern and created Publicly Private, a production company, and began making her first film, Post, about the experiences of um, growing up in a mixed-race family in America and feeling kind of disconnected from the people around you. Um, she had difficulty getting past at times. She had difficulties securing funding for her movie. She knows what um, filmmakers go through. And so I think she brings a really interesting standpoint and can kind of relate to everybody involved at the Bentonville Film Festival. So she seems to be exactly where she wants to be. I'll look forward to reading that um, again this Sunday. Um, and she loves Arkansas, I will say. Um, just being close to Wendy all these years and sort of being as a, me considering her, her a mentor, she's really fell in love with this state and this city and this region. And that's always been fun because I feel like I'm like, you're from LA <laughs> and you love it here. So um, she's just very down, you know, down to earth as well. Uh, Ashley, is there anything else uh, that we haven't talked about that you want to add? Um, can I talk a little bit about our panels and conversations and Gina and friends? Certainly, yeah. Just, um, we are releasing that uh, today at the Hollywood Reporter, which is the rest of our events. And it'll be hopefully super easy on the website to get through and sort of figure out what you want to go to. But I want to highlight that um, we're doing this year quality versus quantity um, and trying to, to program where everybody sort of can go to certain things at certain times. Um, so Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, and Friday morning, we're doing something called Real Magic Mornings, uh, presented by Coca-Cola, and those are celebrity conversations or people that are, you know, sort of high profile. Um, and those are at 9 a.m. at Thaden School. The first one will be Dave and Jenny Mars, who are local celebrities and national celebrities. <laughs> um, right. But we want to highlight for our filmmakers and for our community, you know, that Fixer to Fabulous is filmed here. They'll actually be there at the um, event doing some filming for their show. Um, so that'll be fun. And, and then the next, uh, then we have a couple more. We have Sonia Manzano on Friday morning. And she is, uh, everyone remembers Maria from Sesame Street. She mm -hmm. is the creator of Alma's Way, Alma's Way on PBS. It's an um, animated series, preschool series. Um, if anyone knows Lin-Manuel Miranda, the creator of Hamilton, he did the music. It's about a little girl uh, that is Puerto Rican. She's from the Bronx. And that team is going to be here doing some giveaways. We're actually working with uh, the Jones Center and, um, to get families to come, um, especially families who um, are Spanish as a first language uh, or speak Spanish as a first language. And so um, we're going to do that on Friday and have a great talk with Sonia Manzano. 
We're going to have our main panel series at 11 every day where we're talking about uh, the industry. We're going to talk about, you know, on Wednesday, purpose-driven progress is going to be some of your top executives in the world, in the country, uh, from Coca-Cola, from Unilever, from M&M's, talking about how media, diversity in media is so important. So, again, we work with these partners all year to develop this these programs for content creators, and that's going to be talk, uh, discussed. We're doing something called Fat in Front of the Camera and Why It Matters, um, based on a study that the Gina Davis Institute is doing on body representation. That's going to have a local, uh, a regional celebrity as well, Ashley Atkinson, who's from Little Rock. And she is on, uh, she lives in New York now, she's on the Gilded Age. And she's also been on, and just like that, the uh, series after, uh, oh, what it was called, I forgot, I'm sorry, um, the Sarah Jessica Parker series. Sex and the City. Um, thank you, Sex and <laughs> the City. And, um, she, and so she's also going to be in Gina and Friends, so that's fun. Um, and then the See It, Be It panel, which Gina is on. So those are some fun, and those are for the public, too, some fun Great conversations. Um, and then the festival takeovers on Thursday and Friday are going to be with the Cherokee Film um, Office on Thursday. We're going to celebrate Indigenous storytellers, specifically from our region. On Friday, we're going to have a big discussion about NFTs, non-traditional funding for film. And Bentonville Film Festival is dropping their first NFT Um which, you know, we're learning about the space. We're going to provide, provide some educational resources on it. We're really celebrating how women can now uh, fundraise for their movies behind this, uh, behind this thing that's happening in the Web3 space. Uh, actually, Meta, it will be there um, doing some activations. And then, like I said, we're, we're going to have our first NFT. We'll do a big drop of that. Everyone, you know, they'll be available to purchase, and those will be like a commemorative edition. I call it like collecting a baseball card, and that gets you access to certain things uh, for special for members. So that'll be fun. And then, of course, we have Gina and Friends, everybody's like favorite event um, because it is some of you know people that we see on TV. It's very on-screen talent focused, and of course, Gina. Um, you know, we work to look at scripts, movies that have been made with male-dominated scenes. They take those scripts and they rewrite them together, sort of improv style. And then they all come together on, and they'll come together on Thursday night at 6 p.m. at Faden School. And they will um, perform these scenes in sort of a, a repertoire of um different scenes and it's so fun it's probably you know the most loved event of the festival because a it's our mission b it's fun and then yes you see celebrities um so i can share um hope yeah i can share those uh the people that we have confirmed so far i will say we may confirm a couple more but of course it's gina davis um chelsea javier her film is actually in the festival and she, um, Smile or Hug, the world premiere of Smile or Hug. We have Ashley Atkinson. Um, she's been on The Gilded Age and Just Like That in The Black Klansman. Um, we have Angela Serafin, 
She's an Armenian-American actor, and she's currently in Westworld on HBO. And that, um, and she's been on American Horror Story, which is a favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have Bryn Howie from Jen in Georgia that's on Netflix. We love her. We love that story. It's such a great, it's such a great show if, if you haven't seen it. Um, also, Yolanda Roth. Um, she's one of our narrative jurors, but she's um, also an actor in and star in The Chi. And so, yeah, those are who we have confirmed so far. And again, that is a, they'll come together, they'll all get in town, um, they'll work on those scenes, and they'll, they'll perform those on uh, Thursday night. Wonderful. It's going to be an action, action-packed week. Um, For sure. Uh, we're going to have water, by the way, drinks. <laughs> um, we're going to try to, Mercy's going to be there with the tent to support us. We know that it's hot. I will say the movie theaters are cool and um, we're going to do everything we can to make sure people are hydrated and having a good time and safe and, um, and just enjoying the, enjoying Arkansas and the festival. And all the info that you just provided is, uh, of course you have a website and um, people can probably go there to find everything that's going on. They can. Yeah. And we, we encourage people to just go to the website. Um, you know, we have been doing a lot on social media. We understand that everyone's not on social media, but our Instagram has all this information. So look at Fentanyl Film Festival Instagram, Facebook has all the events. Also just our website, bettonvillefilm.org. Uh, just go to the schedule and tickets you know, so you can either get tickets, passes, or just look at the schedule. And then that'll show you all the films, all events. You can look at it by day, by venue. And on the first page is what April was talking about, all the free movies and all the free activities that you can do through the week. So, and then if you don't know or you have any questions, um, reach out, uh, boxoffice at bentonvillefilm.org reach out to programming at bentonvillefilm.org. Just reach out to us because we don't want to make it hard. And we want to make sure that we get everybody there. I also want to say that we are announcing today that if you are a student in the area, high school student, uh, college student, junior high student, whatever, if you have an ID, you can get into the screenings for free and events for free. Not the headquarters, but the panels, conversations, and screening um, based on capacity. So you come up there, all you have to have is an ID if you're a student, and if we have enough seats, you are in. So hopefully we know students are around. We know that they, you know, have all day to come watch movies, so we hope that that message gets out and, and people will take advantage of that. That's a big plus. Yeah. Well, um Ashley, in April, thank you so much for joining me today and given, you've given a great overview of the events to come. So um, really appreciate your time and, and taking us through that. No problem. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. I love it. Have a great weekend. Okay, you too. Again, catch April's story on the Benville Film Festival this Sunday in our What's Up section and her feature on Wendy Guerrero in this Sunday's Profile section. We've got a number of other great stories coming your way as well that I want to tell you about. First, I want to talk about XNA. 
as residential development rapidly encroaches on Northwest Arkansas National Airport, airport officials are in the market to buy land in order to maintain some breathing room between the airport and all that development. Our transportation reporter, Ron Wood, brings you the details on that effort this weekend. The city of Fayetteville says extensive capital needs are required at the wastewater treatment plants, and operating costs have exceeded the usual 3% annual adjustment, so the city is proposing raising water and sewer rates for residents outside the city. Our Fayetteville reporter, Stacy Ryburn, will have that for us. And we've got some news that uh, might sound kind of fishy. Rogers City reporter Garrett Moore will tell you about an aquarium coming to Pinnacle Hills Promenade, possibly as soon as the end of this year. And by the way, Garrett's also our man on the restaurant beat with his Let's Eat column, which publishes every Friday. This week's column features Dana Neely, an Arkansas native, planning to open a barbecue restaurant in Fayetteville next month. Shifting south to the River Valley, Fort Smith City directors are considering building a $31 million indoor sports facility in the city. A feasibility study was performed to determine the merits of such a proposal, and directors recently heard the results of that study. Monica Brick will have the details on what they heard. And while we just got finished talking about the Bentonville Film Festival, we also have the Fort Smith International Film Festival to look forward to in August. Thomas Sassente will provide us a preview of that event. And, oh yeah, isn't there some meaningful baseball happening this weekend? Yeah, the Razorbacks are back in Omaha, continuing their pursuit of a national championship. In case you're not planning to go sweat it out in person, no need to worry. Our sports department will keep you up to date on all the action. The Hogs start World Series play with a game against Stanford at 1 p.m. Saturday. Again, that's just a sampling of what we've got planned for our readers this weekend. Be sure to check back with us next Friday for a new edition of the Know the News podcast. And if you like it, please subscribe. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button on your device right now. If you're interested in subscribing to our newspaper, that's easy too. Go to our website at nwaonline.com and click on that subscribe button. Or you can call us at 479 489- 684-5509. Thanks for listening. Again, I'm Dave Perosic, your podcast host this week. Have a great weekend. Until next Friday, so long.